Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry bringing you the Word of God. Once again, it is always an honor, always a privilege to bring you the Word. So grateful that you're connecting with us. Once again, we're going to jump right back into Colossians chapter 2, please. And starting again with verse 6, we're working through a series called Our Walk in Him. Praise God. Verse 6 of chapter 2 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Amen. So walk in Him. That's our key verse there. It means to tread about or to walk about, to be occupied with. It refers to literally living or conducting one's life. It also uses the phrase uh, follow as a companion, which obviously does fit uh, through some of this. But it says to walk in Him. Now, what that represents is to be positioned in Him, in place, in time, in state. Amen. And referring to, uh, you know, connected in His strength, His ability, His influence, His life. Amen. So the bottom line, what He's saying is we have a walk to walk. Amen. But He's not asking you to do this on your own. Amen. There's a way to do this and to do it right. Amen. You're going to have to be in Him. Praise God. Otherwise, it's a lot of... Uh, a lot of hard work because it's uh, when you're just doing everything in your own strength, believe me, uh, it's hard to do it and do it right, all right? So he's talking about walking in him, praise God. And, of course, it goes on to say being rooted. In other words, having some, a root system, amen, and uh, planted is what it means, right? Rooted, planted, amen. So rooted and then built up in him, okay, which is a word uh, where we get our word uh, Edifice, so it's, it's a, a, the Greek word is where we get our word edifice, um, means a building, uh, you know, something that's being built up in the sense of line upon line, brick upon brick, you know, just something being, you know, floor upon floor kind of a thing, it's kind of what it refers to. And it says, then established in the faith, or fixed, um, confident, you know, established uh, in the faith, as you have been taught, obviously, you know, he's talking about something that's been ongoing here, abounding in it then. And in other words, excelling, exceeding in it with thanksgiving. All right, is what it says. All right, which actually is kind of a cool key. Uh, verse 8 then says, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Now, we did take a week, and we really dove into that, what that means. And obviously, amen, the world is out there to try to steer you off course, to get you off your walk. Amen. Uh, verse 9 says, for in him, you notice he keeps repeating that, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Of course, talking about the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, which many times we refer to as the Trinity. Uh, and you are complete, um, uh, fully finished or furnished, perfected. Um, it also means repleted in the sense of something that's ongoing, you know, building up kind of a thing completed, made full, keep making full, that kind of a thing. Uh, sometimes even as you kind of break into it a little bit, uh, break it down a little bit, I mean, uh, sometimes the word maturity is sometimes fit into this too a little bit. So you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Now, obviously, every week we're diving into different ways that uh, the Scripture has to say about walking, how we walk, how we conduct this life, live this life, how we follow as a companion. And, of course, we, from the very beginning, we talked about we walk by faith, right? Walk by faith and not by sight. In other words, we walk with our confidence and assurance in Him. Amen. We don't put our faith and confidence and stuff, how you see things, how things look, amen. We called to walk in the Spirit was another one, amen. Being led by the Spirit, amen. We talked about that daily 
breath of God, letting God breathe life into you from day to day, praise God. Amen. We talked about uh, walking in newness of life, which is a uh, really talked about some vibrancy and some being alive in Him. And the more you're in Him, the more alive, more fervent, the more passionate you become, praise God. We talked about the importance of that. Walking in the light was another key one. We talked about, uh, you know, that radiant energy that makes sight possible. That as you walk in the light, as he is in the light, amen. Now that same radiant energy is on you to help make, uh, help others uh, see things clearly, praise God. You're called to be that difference maker, praise God. The law, the light, the salt, amen. Uh, we talked about walking circumspectly, amen. It just really is dealing with awareness and heedfulness about the hour that you're in, the time that you're in, the importance of following God, which then led us into the next one, walking worthy of the Lord, appropriately, um, accordingly, befittingly. Just means really just uh, you know doing what you should be doing, following Him as He leads, praise God. We talked about walking in good works or... Um, goodness, the goodness of God, which is talking about good works, which is really just talking about doing the right thing to benefit others. Amen. We're there to make a difference, to help others, praise God, uh, to bring uh, wholeness and uh, bring uh, fullness to others, praise God, is what we're called to do. Uh, then we talked about walking in the truth, and that's when I kind of focused a little bit on this uh, verse 8, uh, talking about man's wisdom and ideology and uh, you know, man's traditions and the importance of, of steering clear of that, staying connected to the truth, staying in the Word of God. Uh, don't, get, don't deviate off the Word of God. When you do that, all of a sudden it takes you off course. Pretty soon you're not really walking in Him as we should. All right, we talked after that then, we talked about walking in love. And I believe that was last week. Uh, we got up to that. We talked about the importance of walking in love. That's that agape love. Um, that the word says to imitate uh, God as, uh, you know, as he is love himself and he walks in love, sent his son uh, because of that love, praise God. And we talked the importance of walking in love, uh, really about the giving nature of God, that giving nature, that unconditional giving uh, that's in agape love, praise God. Now, obviously, real quick, uh, you know, review there. But today we're going to talk about walking in the fear of God, okay? So the book of Acts is where we're going to start today. The book of Acts, chapter 9. Book of Acts, chapter 9, please. And uh, let's look at, um, I think for sake of time... We will uh, look at verse 31. Let's see if I find that. It says, um, Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified, and walking, in other words, this is what they were doing, walking then in the fear of the Lord, all right, and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, uh, then they were obviously multiplied or increased. But one of the keys is here that they walked in the fear of the Lord or the fear of God. All right? Praise God. So uh, let's begin to look at that, define that. Uh, of course, this particular word fear here is a word that means awe and respect. Talking about a sense of reverence and honor uh, to elevate one. Uh, literally means to, in this sense, to give authority or let God be God, you know, allow God to lead, allow God to be God, 
amen, to be all, uh, you're all in all in a sense. So let's take a look at that. I think what we'll do first, I, I think I'm just going to go back to the book of Genesis because there's something to be said about the law of first mentions. Okay, sometimes maybe you've heard that men, uh, talked about the law of first mentions. In other words, when you start studying on something, sometimes find out where it started, where it began, and it kind of gives you a whole lot more insight. And so in Genesis 22, we see a man named Abraham here has been asked by God to do something. Um, and so well, let's take a look at it. Genesis 22, and I'm just going to start in verse 1 and read, read some of this. And it says, now it came to pass after these things that God tested or and it literally means to prove or to try the heart of Abraham. And it said, and he said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, take now your son. Now get this, your only son, Isaac here. Okay. Now this word only here is referring to one, uh, to carry on family name, uh, one that's beloved, uh, one that is dear, precious in a sense, or even priority. Okay. That's what this refers to when he says the only son. Okay. So keep that in mind. He says, uh, your son, Isaac, whom you love, and he says, to go to the land of Moriah and uh, offer him there as a burnt, look at this, as a burnt offering to one, uh, or pardon me, on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning. In other words, it speaks of no hesitation. I, I just thought that was, you know, when you start looking at this, now this is quite a deal that God's asking here, okay? Now, if you read, you know, into the New Covenant, when they start talking about Abraham's life, especially like you get into like Hebrews 11, it brings out, you know, the, uh, that Abraham saw his son raised up, that even though God said to offer him as a burnt offering, as a burnt sacrifice, he saw his son raised up. In other words, what he saw was his son being raised from the dead because he already, he had such a revelation of the fact that this was truly the promised child, amen, that was given to him by God. And he knew, amen, because of his relationship with God, the scriptures are real clear that he was a friend of God, amen, that they were a friend to each other, amen. He understood the nature of God. He also understood, amen, God's not going to take my son, the promised son from me, just to turn around and kill him and offer him as some sacrifice, or as I offer him as a sacrifice, uh, just for no reason. He says, there's something's going to happen, all right? He knew in his heart something was going to happen. So he rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two uh, of the young men that worked for him here, and, uh, and also Isaac, his son. And he split wood uh, for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. And on the third day, Abram lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. In other words, he knew where he had to go. Now, you notice here just the commitment behind, behind this, okay? You got to kind of be aware of all of this, all right? So he went right, he went and did it, split the wood. I mean, he was ready to do exactly what God had asked him to do. And Abraham said uh, to his young men, those that his servants there, stay here with the donkey and the lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Now notice that we're going to come back to you. All right. So Abraham took the wood uh, of the burnt offering and laid it on, uh, uh, took, pardon me, took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and the two of them went together. In other words, they loaded up all everything they needed for this, went up to the top of the mountain here. And Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, 
And he said, here I am, son. He said, uh, look, we have, the, we have the fire and the wood, but he said, where's the lamb, you know, for the burnt offering? And Abram said to his son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. I love that, all right? So the two of them went up together, and then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abram built an altar there and placed the wood in order. Amen. It was laid it out like he should, like he would a normal burnt offering. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now, you notice that even Isaac, there's no, there's no struggle here. We don't see any record of any kind of struggle. So not only is Abraham walking in faith here, following God, being obedient to God, but Isaac's falling right along with him. It's amazing to me. I just, this whole thing is just phenomenal to me. All right. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord uh, called to Abram, or called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And so he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay a hand on your lad, on the lad, or do any, anything to him. For now I know, now get this, for now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, here we go, your only son, in other words, the, the promised child here, the one that's precious, okay, hallelujah, the one, amen, that's dear, the beloved, come on, the one to carry on your name, and come on, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then, of course, uh, Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and, be, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up, uh, for a burnt offering instead of his son. Then Abraham called the, uh, the name of the place, the Lord will provide. And it, uh, and it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Amen. And of course, it goes on then. Let's go ahead and maybe just read a couple more verses here. It says, then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven. He said, by myself, I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son. Okay, look at this, your only son, blessing, I will bless you. Now, hang on to this, okay? Blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand uh, which is on the shores, seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of your enemies in your seed, hang on, in your seed, in other words, in Isaac, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Now, the reason I read all that is because it's all key. Because if you go back here now and you look at verse 12, and he makes the statement here, he says, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only begotten son. Now, if you kind of reverse this, it says, since you have not withheld your son, now I know that you fear God. So the point is being made here. He's trying to define what the fear of God really is. Okay, what, what is that? Well, the fear of God is about really honoring God through simple obedience, amen, uh, through surrender and obedience to God, whatever he says. Now, obviously, God wasn't looking to kill Isaac. That obviously, was not the, the case. What he's doing, is he's checking out his heart. Where's, where's Abraham's heart? Is, is Abraham still willing to surrender to God and obey God no matter what? No matter what God asks of him. Well, obviously, he was. I mean, obviously, he wasn't playing a game here. He was ready to do what God had asked him to do. And according to Scripture, as I said earlier, you know, he, he saw his son being raised up from the ashes. He saw his son being raised from the dead. Okay, so he was ready to do what God had asked him to do. Now, to, you know, according to this, that says, 
That's what the fear of God is. Now, I just think you got to keep this in mind because as we kind of look at this today, a lot of folks might say, well, I walk in the fear of God, but not willing to do anything God asks of them. All right, or they're only going to do what they want to do. Well, according to this, that's probably not walking in the fear of God. Amen. That's not, we're not taking away your salvation. We're not saying that you don't have a love for God. That's not what we're saying. But when you start talking about the fear of the Lord, okay, it's talking about willing, a willingness to surrender all, a willingness to follow God, to be obedient, amen, no matter what is asked, amen, to follow him in any direction that he leads, praise God, to do, amen, what he's asked of you to do. That's what the fear of the Lord is. Amen. In fact, uh, let's look at something here. Um, in fact, if you go to like Exodus 20, let's go to there. Now, there are many, uh, many of our patriarchs of faith that the scriptures bring out that uh, they walked in the fear of God. Joseph was one of them that, was, uh, that walked in the fear of God. And the word makes it real clear that when Joseph made the statement, I, I will not sin against God. Amen. I mean, even though the temptations were all there trying to push him in a direction, he made a decision, I'm only going to do what God asked me to do. And you think about everything Joseph went through. Amen. And how, you know, the word says clearly that he was a man that feared God. Amen. So, you know, you start looking at these patriarchs of faith and you think, my goodness, what they uh, were willing to do, willing to follow God no matter what. Amen. And another one was Moses. And that's who we're going to talk about for just a second here. Moses in chapter 20 of Exodus. And I think for sake of time, verse 20, um, what's going on in context, um, they're basically at the foot of the mount, mount of God here, and there's all kind of movement going on on top of the mount, okay? There's lightning and thundering, all kinds of stuff that's happening. Of course, a lot of commotion going on. And so God has asked the people of God to come up to the mount to commune with him, to fellowship with him, to worship him. Well, it, it kind of freaked out everybody, okay? And uh, Moses was trying to get the children of Israel to come. Well, they didn't want to come, okay? Uh, they didn't want to come. They said, you go, you talk to God, and then come back and talk to us, okay? They just, everybody was basically afraid uh, to go up there and talk with God. So Moses makes a statement here. Now, I'm heading somewhere with this. I'm hoping you're grabbing this. And verse 20 said, And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, hang on, for God has come to test or prove or examine uh, your heart, right? Examine you. And that his fear, now get this, his fear may be before you so that you may not sin. So what God's looking for here now is to find out something in the people, just like he did Abraham, amen. Uh, we, we see the same thing going on here. He's trying to find out, he's trying to locate the heart of these people, okay? Well, he uses a phrase here, uh, Moses does, okay? And he says, do not fear. And then later on it says, but we're supposed to grab hold of his fear, but if you kind of look this up uh, in the Hebrew, okay, both words here, the word fear, F-E-A-R, you know, which is obviously our English word, um, sometimes the English language can be a little bit weak, okay? And sometimes in these kind of situations, you can definitely see that. But there's two different Hebrew words here for each. There's a different Hebrew word for each one of these, okay? The first one here where it says, uh, do not fear, is the Old Testament, the Hebrew word, uh, yari, okay, which means to be in fear of or afraid in the area of terror, uh, fearful, dread. That's kind of the, some of the synonyms of that word. But the second word here, and it's talking about his 
fear, when it's talking about literally the fear of the Lord that we're discussing today, is the word yurah, okay, which means to be in awe or respect, to revere, amen, literally means a moral reverence or to honor someone, okay, is what it means. So he's saying there's two different kinds of fear mentioned here, okay, that we're not to yield to, you know, this fearful dread, panic, that kind of thing, but yet, but yet, uh, submit ourselves to a reverence and an honor, respect. Now, even the new covenant has two different words for this, okay, uh, for the word fear, which, of course, in the new covenant, we're talking about the, uh, uh, not Hebrew, but yet the Greek, okay. Now, the Greek word for fear in the area of uh, panic or fear or dread is the area, is the word, pardon me, phobos, okay. Hang on to that, okay. Now, I'm going somewhere with all this, okay. So, phobos, which... Um, is the word for terror, panic. And then the other word is phobio, okay, which is referring to awe, revere, respect. Now, now get this, both words in the New Covenant anyway, phobos and phobio, okay, mean to alarm. In other words, to be taken back. But one means to be taken back based on panic, terror. Okay, that's phobos, where we get our word phobia, okay? Okay, now phobio, okay, uh, is the word, amen, means to be taken back based on awe and respect and reverence, okay? So that, I thought that was interesting. Now, because the word even makes it clear. In Luke 1, in verse 74, he talks about serving the Lord without fear, which is phobos. So here we know we're called to walk in the fear of the Lord, but it says here now we're to walk without fear. So he's talking about there's a difference. That's what I'm trying to make the, make the, the clarity on here, all right? The word is clear. 2 Timothy 1 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, phobos, right? But power, love, and a sound mind. 1 John 4 brings out there's uh, no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, phobos. Why? Because fear, phobos, come on now, involves torment, all right? Hebrews 2 brings out that the fear of death, that if you sub subject yourself to the fear of death, in other words, phobos, okay, you're all your lifetime subject to bondage. Now listen to this, okay? Romans 8 brings out, okay, that there's this, the, talks about the, not receiving the spirit of bondage again to fear, which is phobos. Now I'm trying to make the clarity of this because if phobos, that type of fear, phobos, is your motivation, then bondage is your destination. In other words, anytime you're going to yield to phobos, terror, okay, you're being terrorized, okay, you're yielding to something that's not of God. See, the word says it's a different spirit, then what happens is it's going to lead to bondage. But if you yield to phobio, if that's your motivation, which is awe and respect and reverence, it says you have a different destination. So it's not bondage, but it's blessing, okay? In fact, Psalms 128 in verse 1, it says this, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, talking about reverence and respect, who walks in his ways, and follows when he leads. So again, now, said all that just to get to this, okay, that when we're talking about the fear of the Lord, we're talking about a reverence and a respect. It's so much that there's so much respect there that you're willing to follow God, submit yourself to God no matter what. Amen. No matter what God's leading, guiding, directing, no matter what God's asking of you, amen, you're not going to yield to any other kind of thing, but instead you're going to yield, 
amen, to an area of surrender and respect and awe, praise God, simple obedience to whatever God's asking, amen. Now, sometimes in order for that to happen, you're going to have to overcome the other fear, right? You're going to have to overcome phobos, right? You have to, the terror, the panic, you know, fear of what men think, fear of, of death, fear of all the different things that that's, the Word has to talk about that you can be fearful of, amen. But what happens, the enemy tries to dictate because it's a different spirit, trying to get you to fall back, quit, give up, not do what God asks, amen. But we're talking about if we're going to walk in him, amen, if we're going to be walking this walk, praise God, part of it means we're going to have to walk in the fear of the Lord. You have to be willing that no matter what God leads, you're willing to say, all right, I'm following. Here am I, send me, use me, Lord, amen. Praise God. It just has to get settled, amen. Hallelujah. Let's shift gears a little bit. We're going to go to Proverbs I'll probably spend the majority of my time now back in Proverbs and Psalms, I guess, for the most part. Uh, Proverbs 9, let's do this. Hallelujah. A lot being said here, and probably, to be honest, again, this is one of them topics that probably probably we could spend weeks on, uh, but we're basically kind of just kind of being very, very uh, dialed in here about what we're, we're trying to do here. Um, Proverbs 9 and verse, um, verse 10, it just says, The fear of the Lord, okay, talking about that reverence and respect, is the beginning of wisdom. Okay, now you're going to find that this wisdom, you know, is, is really uh, that, 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 that word that he talks about, you know, uh, letting the wisdom of God be the thing, okay, that determines how you conduct life and live life. So it says, what's the beginning of that? Well, it's the fear of the Lord. In other words, you've got to have to settle that whatever God leads and guides and directs is what I'm willing to do. Amen. See, wisdom comes on the scene and begins to help you know, with all the little particulars, amen, it takes all the information and data that's going on being fed to you every day all, all along, all through the course of your day. And it, at wisdom, the wisdom from above is there to help you, amen, to be productive throughout your day. Well, in order for that to happen, you're going to have to walk in the fear of the Lord, all right? It's just necessary. Otherwise, there's a lot of things he'll ask of you to do and you won't do, all right? And so he goes on, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and, and knowledge, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Now, in Proverbs 1 and verse 7, okay, Proverbs 1 is a great one when you talk about the fear of God. But anyway, it brings out that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge there, okay? Okay, so it's kind of saying the same thing, but it kind of starts right off there. In fact, if you take the time, and in fact, I encourage you to do it, you go back to Proverbs 1, you read all through there, and you're going to see he's really talking about people walking in the fear of God. And if you're going to do it, you've got to be willing to submit yourself and be led by God. Amen. When he talks to you about things, are you going to surrender to that and yield to that? Or are you going to do your own thing? Are you going to reject uh, the, the wisdom and, and the instructions that he gives you? I mean, he really, he really uh, dials into that on, in Proverbs 1. Okay, if you're going to surrender, amen, if you're going to walk in the fear of God, amen, then you're going to follow him when he leads. You're going you're to give heed to the instructions and the wisdom that he gives you, amen. If you don't, you're going to end up in trouble. In fact, as you read all the way through Proverbs 1, you're going to see that, amen, that those that do not follow him always end up in some calamity, always end up in some kind of mess, and then they begin to cry out to God later because, you know, life is not going so good, all right? But the whole point was they weren't willing to follow God when he led, okay? So I'm, I'm asking you, are you willing to follow God when he leads you? Amen. Do you walk in enough of the fear of God, that awe and respect of God, that you have enough 
respect to him, enough honor, amen, uh, toward him, amen, that whatever he would talk to you about, you're willing to hear it, you're willing to walk it, you're willing to follow, amen, as a, as a true companion, amen, that you're going to walk in him, amen, be willing to do the, what's necessary, that you can be rooted and, and built up and, and established in the faith, praise God. Why? Because you're willing to follow when he leads. Amen. So it's so key, praise God. Amen. Ecclesiastes, let's do that, which is the book after Proverbs. I'd like to go ahead and read this one because you notice there it says that wisdom, or pardon me, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning. Okay, well, here it's going to say it's also the conclusion. I thought that was interesting. And this is Solomon, of course, again, writing the book of Ecclesiastes. Okay, so we're talking about literally, uh, you know, at the time it was referred to as the smartest man on the planet and actually at the time the richest man on the planet. Okay, and he had some things to say. Now, that didn't mean he did everything perfect, everything right, and he did have a few moments. Amen. But it did say this, or he wrote this, verse 13 of chapter 12, Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and it says this, let us hear, here we go, the conclusion of the whole matter. I love this. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all, or the whole of man. This is the conclusion. This sums it all up. I love this, because he starts out in Proverbs talking about this is how it all begins, and here he's saying now in Ecclesiastes, this is how it all, I mean, this is everything right here. This is the whole of all of it, from beginning to end, amen, from the start, amen, to the end, from beginning to conclusion, praise God, is this thing called the fear of God, amen. And this is the man's all. In other words, if you can get a hold of this, Amen. The rest of it's going to be a little easier for you. Praise God. Amen. And in fact, uh, one of the translations, fear God and do what he says. That's what he brings out about it. Amen. Now, the Amplified uh, of this verse 13 says, all has been heard. The end of the matter is this. Fear God. Revere and worship him, knowing that he is. Now, remember now, uh, faith, this is, you know, when the word talks about faith, uh, people that, that uh, have faith in God uh, must believe that he is. In other words, he's present, right? So that's what he's saying here. Know that he's present. In other words, I'm willing to follow him because I know, amen, and believe that he's present. Amen. All right. And it says, fear God. And then it goes on to say, and keep his commandments, and do his utterances. What he speaks to you is what you're going to do. For this is the whole of man, the full original purpose of his creation, the object of God's providence, the root of character, the foundation of all happiness, the adjustment to all inharmonious circumstances and conditions under the sun. In other words, the whole duty of man. And one time I took the time and I went through all that there out of that uh, amplified uh, version there, took the time on each one of those little statements. And the bottom line is when you start breaking it down, uh, just walking in the fear of God affects every part of your life. In other words, if you want to truly walk in the fullness of the blessing, amen, the fear of God is necessary. Amen. Because there's so many things that you'll overlook or you'll just ignore or you'll walk away from or turn and go another direction instead because you're more moved by everything else instead of walking in true honor and respect. Amen. And regard for God, knowing that God, amen, would never do you wrong, that he'd always have your back. Amen. And it does take, amen, that thing called the fear of God in order to walk in that. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, this excites me. Back to Proverbs again. This time, Proverbs 19. Let's look at this. 
I'm going to do a little bit of reading here uh, through Proverbs and, and Psalms here uh, just to kind of give you an idea of why it's so necessary to just keep walking in the fear of God. Amen. Proverbs 19 and verse 23, please. It just says, the fear of the Lord leads to life. All right. And then it only leads toward good. And they're talking about good life. Amen. And he who has it will abide satisfied or in satisfaction, all right? In other words, full gratified, beyond measures, what it means. But in other words, somebody, whoever's walking in the fear of God will not only walk toward life, amen, will abide satisfied. I love that, amen. In other words, all your needs are met. In other words, walking in the blessing, praise God. Psalms, now, let's spend some time in Psalms. Psalms 25, oh, hallelujah. Hope you're hearing this, child of God. Psalms 25, praise the Lord. And we'll go to uh, verse 12. And it says, who is the man that fears the Lord? Okay, talking about the fear of God here. Him shall he teach in the way he chooses. In other words, God's leading, God's teaching. So that man's following. He himself shall dwell, here we go, in prosperity. Okay, in fact, uh, cross-reference there is in full goodness, uh, talking about, amen, every need met. Okay, so walking in true prosperity and success. Uh, it says, and his, get this, the person that's walking in the fear of God, it says, his, his descendants shall inherit the earth. In other words, possess and occupy, seize what's rightfully theirs. It goes on to say, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. Okay, all the intimate things, the inward counsels, the, uh, the, the things that God speaks to you inside. Praise God. The secrets, right? Hallelujah. He will show them, he, uh, he will show them his covenant or reveal them, reveal to them his covenant. Okay. In other words, everything that he's, the price that's been paid, everything that's been offered, all the promises, praise God. He says it'll be revealed to you. Amen. So you want a, a way to, to walk in this? Walk in the fear of God. Amen. Let's look at another one. Psalms 31. We'll just kind of work through a little bit of the Psalms here. Psalms 31, verse 19 and 20. It says, Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have laid up for those who, here we go, fear you, who walk in the fear of God, which you have prepared for those who trust in you in the presence of the sons of men. You shall hide them in the secret place, right? Come on, talking about protection and covering. Hallelujah. You shall hide them in the secret place of your presence from the plots of men or the snares or the scheming and plotting here uh, of men. Uh, you shall keep them secretly in a pavilion. Talking about, again, a place of protection from the strife of tongues. Talking about literally contentions controversy, all that kind of stuff. If you look that up, that's what it's talking about. In other words, he'll steer you clear of all this mess if you keep walking in the fear of God. I just think that's it's powerful. You start looking, you start breaking this down. Think of all the times that maybe, you know, when we didn't really follow God as we should, and then all the things that, that man, we start walked right into a bunch of, you know, into a hornet's nest, so to speak, of issues and problems. And maybe if we would have just followed God, we would have avoided that snare of the enemy. You wouldn't have fell into that pitfall into those little scheming and plots and, and, and 
you know, the, 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 the scams of the enemy, uh, trying to get you to fall prey to things, to get you off uh, your, your walk in God. It's just, you know, just walking in the fear of God is so key. Uh, chapter 34, let's look at another one here, uh, or maybe a couple of them actually. Psalms 34 and 7 says, uh, the angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him. So now we're talking about angelic support here and delivers them, okay? Now why? Because you're walking in the fear of God. Amen. Think about that, okay? Okay. Oh, tr- oh taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want, okay, and no lack to those who fear him. It goes on to say the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Now, obviously, there's no lack, amen, if you'll walk in the fear of God. Now, think about how much lack that's out there, even in the church, okay? Now, I'm not, that's not being critical. It's just the facts, okay? So sometimes it just comes down to the fact that we're not, you know, submitting or surrendering, yielding, uh, you know, walking in maybe just simple obedience to some things, and so what happens is we go do our own thing, and then we turn around and say, God, where are you at when we need you? And uh, that's, you know, we might be start getting some answers here, okay? But, amen, following God, submitted to God, guess what? Praise God. You'll walk uh, in the abundance, walk without lack, praise God. Psalms 112, let's do that. We'll skip a bunch here. Go to Psalms 112. And another good psalm here. In fact, this whole thing in fact, I might actually just read the whole thing here. Just think about this in the area of, of a man that, that, that fears God. Uh, praise the Lord. Blessed, here we go, is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments or his utterances. It literally just means biddings and promptings, things he speaks. All right. Okay. His descendants, talking about the person that follows God here. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Get this now. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness will endure forever. Unto uh, the upright, there arises light in the darkness. In other words, that no matter how dark it looks ahead, you're going to be walking in the light. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Amen. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. All this is happening to the person that walks in the fear of the Lord. In other words, things are going to work out for him. Okay. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be an everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. In other words, God's, going, God's got his back. God's taking care of him. Amen. All of this stuff is happening. Why? Because somebody is walking in the fear of the Lord. Now, you think about everything that Moses walked in. We mentioned Joseph. We mentioned Moses and many other patriarchs of faith. Part of the reason they did what they did, they just walked in the fear of God. You think about the Noahs and the Daniels and the Shadrachs and Meshachs and Abednegoes. Think about all the stuff that they did, how much uh, conviction they walked in. And really when it comes down to it, they're walking in the fear of God. They choose God over everything. They choose God. They're surrendered to him no matter what's going on. 
It goes on here uh, this, to this person that's fearing God. He has dispersed abroad. He's given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn or, or power, strength, amen, will be exalted with honor. Uh, think about all the honor that can come to somebody that just walks in the honor of God, right? Uh, the wicked will see it and be grieved, will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. In other words, amen, even if the enemy's warring against you, coming against you, guess what? It's all going to turn on him because why? You're walking in the fear of God. Every bit of this psalm, or probably this, uh, yeah, this psalm here of 112 is all about a person that walks in the fear of God. Let's look at another one, Psalms 128. I kind of mentioned uh, one of the verses out of that uh, earlier in the service. Psalms 128, please. Hallelujah. A little bit too far here. All right. Psalms 128, verse 1. Let's go ahead and just read through this one again. Blessed is uh, everyone who fears the Lord. I'm in Psalms 128, 1. Who walk in his ways. In other words, talk about simple obedience here. When you eat uh, the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very, uh, in the very heart of your house. Your children like olive plants all around your table. Thus, or, uh, pardon me, behold, thus shall the man be uh, blessed who fears the Lord. Amen. So we're just, you know, this alone just talking about the, the blessing in the household. Your house is actually going to, everything's going to work in the household, right? The, the relationships in the household based on the fear of the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, uh, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon you, is, oh, peace be upon you, Israel. Okay, well, the bottom line is just talking about, again, all this is promised to the person that walks in the fear of God. They're going to be blessed, all right? Let's look at another one here before I let you go. Psalms 145. And I'm going to look at verse 19. Amen. And it says this, okay, He will fulfill the desire of those who fear Him. He also will hear their, their cry and save them, right? It goes on to talk about how the Lord will preserve them, uh, even from, the, uh, from the, the, the weaponry formed against them from the enemy. Okay, so bottom line is, He will fulfill the desire of those who fear Him. Amen. And He will hear their cries and save them. Why? Because they walk in the fear of God. There's something about the fear of God. Amen. Now, I just quickly sped through a bunch of that. The bottom line is just wanted to show you that, you know, when you walk in the fear of God, your, you know, if that's your motivation, your destination is going to be the blessing and everything that's connected to the blessing. In fact, everything that we read here through the book of Psalms, primarily Psalms and, and some of that in Proverbs, if you look at the blessing and what the blessing is, that's really what it defines as. So everything we've talked about today, amen, about what you'll walk in if you'll walk in the fear of God is truly the blessing. Your destination is the blessing of God if you choose to walk in the fear of God. I hope you got something today, child of God. Father, I give you praise and glory. And thank you for a people of God that had an ear to hear, a heart to receive. Thank you again, Lord God, for opening the eyes of our understanding. Lord, I give thanks that a people of God who are going to walk in the fear of the Lord, walking, hallelujah, in you, praise God, rooted and built up and established in the faith. And for that, I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO victory or go to Jerry Roberts ministry on Roku.
For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.